Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 59 of Let's Go Ranging with David Scott. I'm Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we'll look back at the weekend that was in Phoenix. Also look ahead to this weekend's race in Atlanta. Plus, we'll have our news and notes segment, followed by our Ask David segment, coming up at the end of the show. Dominic Aragon is out this week, and so it's just me and David, a little fireside chat today as uh we'll be taking you all the way through today's show just the two of us so uh dominic uh we're, we're thinking of you man uh he's uh, handling some business right now but we'll hear back from him next week but nonetheless uh david as i say the show goes on yeah well i guess it must go on tyler and uh <laughs> man we miss dominic hey buddy hope you're doing well and i uh, hope your family's well and uh uh we're messing you and thinking about you so we'll see you here next week back on the show and uh Dude, what a weekend it was. Yeah. Uh, let's start out with uh, with you, David, on, on your front. Uh, you get in the race. I know that was a big relief just to get in the show, and you were running pretty good there uh, for most of the race there. Tell us about your weekend there at uh, Phoenix with the uh, Ticket Smarter 08 Ford performance uh, car there for SS Greenlight Racing. Man, our Ticket Smarter Ford Mustang, it seemed to be pretty good in practice. Um uh, like what Jason Miller and the guys gave me, uh, we had a good car in practice and, uh, dude, we had to get in the show, you know what I mean? So the pressure was on and, uh, and qualifying was its own ordeal with, uh, <laughs> what happened there. Uh, go, go ahead and walk us through exactly that situation from your vantage. Well, it's kind of interesting. I think we were going out uh, third in the lineup, you know, uh, and, uh, NASCAR waved me on to go out on the racetrack to start our qualifying attempt. And uh, they kind of waved me out there at the last minute. And I heard my spotter say, go, 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 you know, go. Uh, I looked up in my rearview mirror and there was a car right there. So uh, I went through turns one and two a little bit quicker uh, than you usually do. Because, man, when you got a brand new set of stickers on your car and uh, you bind, you know, if you're going wide open into turn one there at Phoenix, I mean, it's very edgy and, and it, uh, it has a tendency to come around on you. So you got to be kind of cautious that first corner just to kind of get the tires wore in a little bit. And then, uh, uh, man, I, I, I barely made it off turn two. And next thing you know, I lost the back of the car. And uh, I think it was just because I was uh, I looked up in my rearview mirror and I seen a car coming, which you don't usually have that in qualifying. They space you out pretty good. NASCAR has done a tremendous job over the years of spacing us out just perfect. And uh, I really don't know what the confusion was, but I was just, uh, I was pleased and happy to learn that NASCAR was going to allow me to come back down pit road uh, after we flat, flat spotted our tires. You know, you, you, you have the front tires locked up and you're sliding sideways, Tyler, and it puts a big old hole in the tire. And luckily, the tire didn't come completely apart and tear up our front fenders. I was able to creep back to pit road. NASCAR allowed us to cool down our engine again and to put another set of Goodyear uh, tires on our race car. And they allowed us to make another qualifying attempt and not in those, uh, uh, you know, they put us out, spaced us out right this time. And uh, it all worked out and we made the show. And, and Tyler, I got to tell you what a relief it was, you know, uh, We've been doing this a long time, and the way this year has started out with my uh, with my Brett Bayer special report, Ticket Smarter Ford Mustang. It's it's been a challenge, but uh, I feel like that SS Greenlight Racing, uh, my 
my crew chief, Jason Miller, and all of us were trying, we're figuring this out, going through a little bit of growing pains. But sure. hey, the cool thing was we made the race and that was awesome. So tell me about that sequence of when you got called out early, you spin out, and then you're waiting to go back on track. For those of us that were watching at home, you know, I was here, I was watching with uh, with your wife, Kim, and such, and we were just confused. It wasn't really explained to us what was going on. We're trying to check on social media. This is not really any updates. Then finally, we hear just out of nowhere, like, hey, NASCAR's taking blame. Uh, David's going to get another run. He's going to get to put on fresh tires. And then you lay down a really good lap to get in the show. Was there a point in time when you were saying, I don't know what's going to happen? Were you confident you were going to get that second run? Or was there any doubt that maybe NASCAR wasn't going to let you back out? Well, I was concerned. I mean, you know, uh, we did not cross the start finish line and take the green. I thought that might might have played into our favor. Uh, it was ironic when I looked up in my rearview mirror and I could see a car, you know, so it was like, hey, man, you got to go. You know what I mean? So went through turns one and two faster than I, I should have, obviously, and spun out coming off turn two. Hadn't spun out and qualified. I can't remember last time I ever spun out qualifying. But, uh, you know, I, I felt like uh, when I was creeping the car around so we wouldn't tear up the body, the front fenders with the tires being uh, a tore up. Uh, I was like, I wasn't sure if uh, yeah. I'm sure was sure. I thought, man, we're going to go home. And uh, they told me down on, on, on my radio, hey, come down pit road and pull over and stall number two. And uh, so I did. And uh, man, I was really pleasantly surprised when NASCAR allowed us to bolt on a new set of tires and cool our engine down and they would let us know we could go out for a second attempt. Uh, you know, I didn't really know exactly what had happened. Uh, you know, usually, like I said earlier, NASCAR spaces out the cars, right? Uh, you know, they give you plenty of room and why they sent me out at the last minute when a car was approaching me, you know, that's not really how they do it. You know what I mean? So I was just thankful and blessed that, uh, that, that we did get another opportunity. And uh, I was so thankful when we made the race and uh, man, we had a, a man, our, our ticket smarter Ford Mustang was pretty fast. Well, and to think too of just that sequence of all that could have happened, not only do you, do you make the race, but you know, when, when you spun that the car was okay, mm -hmm. that you were still able to replace the tires after the tire went flat and such. I mean, there's so many things <laughs> that could have happened that could have prevented you from being in the show, but here you were and you made it and you put down a good laugh. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know if people realize just how hard this is of the race before the race, even just to get into these things. I mean, it was, it was a battle on, on before the race even started for you, man, it was a battle Tyler. And, you know, we're, 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 uh, you know, we're, we're trying to win the first race, you know, which is make the race. Um, and, uh, so it was a challenge and, you know, there's a country song that I like, Jesus Take the Wheel. Shout out Jerry Underwood. Yeah, Jesus Take the Wheel. And uh, I felt like uh, coming off turn two, you know, when that thing broke loose out from underneath me, all I could do was just lock up the front tires and, and try to keep it off the wall. And uh, basically, I got lucky, uh, you know, and the cool part about it was, you know, we didn't hit anything. And uh, when you're going around the racetrack with flat tires, I had two front flats. You know, we're lucky we didn't we didn't grind the front splitter off the race car. You know what I mean? So, you know, it was just man, it was just meant to be. We just we got lucky, 
and I uh, was just so glad to, to make our first race. And uh, we had a great lap. Like I said, I had a good car yeah. and everything worked out, but we're just under the, those can, uh, under the circumstances, you know what I mean? I just knew I needed to go out there and do what I know how to do. And, and I did that and it all worked out. On TV, Adam Alexander, front of the show, was uh, doing the broadcast, and right away he said you made the show. How soon did you find out you made the show? Well, it wasn't until uh, uh, after my laps was over with. Jason said, he said, hell of a lap, hell of a lap, you know what I mean? And uh, I think at the time he said, hey, we're 18th, you know, and I knew uh, that after we spun and NASCAR corrected, said we're going to let you put a new set of tires on and cool the engine down. Uh, you know, that a lot of cars had went, had, had taken their qualifying attempt. And when he said on the radio, Hey man, hell of a lap, we're sitting 18th. I felt like, uh, there was only like seven or eight cars left to go. So I felt like that we were going to be okay, but I didn't really confirm it until after I got out of the race car. Uh, when they, 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 they parked us in the garage and you, you had to get out of your race car and get away from it. And then a couple of people came up to me, hugged me, and a couple yeah. of them congratulated me, said, hey, great lap. And, uh, you know, I knew then that we were in the show. And, man, what a – I bet you were glad, too, that the other driver uh, got a, you know, to do another lap, too. And, uh, it worked out both, for both of you. Yeah. That you got to kind of wipe that behind. Absolutely. I th- you know, NASCAR just does a tremendous job. And, and it's nice to know, you know, uh, hey, we all make mistakes. You know, I make mistakes every day. And – and even a sport or a sanction and body can make a mistake. And I was just uh, so thankful that allowed myself and the 33 car to make another attempt because of the, of the circumstances. And uh, man, I just uh, was glad I knew we had a great race car and it was just, it was awesome to be in the race, man. You you get in the race and uh, you finish uh, 31st, but uh, you were running top 20 most the day there. Uh, what did it feel like just to, to get back in a, in a full race again for the first time in several months? Well, I mean, it was, like I said, it was awesome. And, uh, you know, people don't realize the finished results uh, doesn't reflect how good of a car we had. Right. Um, well, that's why we have stage races. Abs- absolutely. We, uh, you know, we started, I think, 29th. And, uh, and man, when the race started, my uh, Ford Mustang was awesome. I mean, I could go in low, go in high high and at phoenix it would rotate good i mean i could turn that thing and get back to the gas and it rolled the center so good and i had great forward traction and man i, I was uh, just kind of picking them off one lap at a time you know it seemed like and uh, it was really good and i think at one time my crew chief said hey you're 18th you know and you know you don't really realize where you're at i just know if their cars in front of me my job is to pass them Right. And man, we were, we, we were making, uh, you know, we were passing a lot of cars and I didn't really exactly know our, our, where we were. And then Jason came over and said, Hey man, you're sitting 18th. And I'm like, we're really 18th. You know, he said, yeah. And he said, car looks good. What do you need? You know, I said, well, we need to free it up. I can tell it's going to get tighter and tighter as the race goes on. So we need to keep up with the racetrack. We need to keep up with adjusting the car because you know, the racetrack is going to change throughout the race. Unfortunately, uh, for us, Tyler, uh, I think in coming to the end of the second stage, uh, we had a right front tire come loose. And, uh, you know, I think there were 10 laps left. And my team my team just said, hey, David, you make the call. You're the one driving the race car. And I said, I'll try to limp it to the end. Though I ran another three laps and it was just it was shaking so violently. 
that I felt like that we were going to break a hub, break a stud, a stud, a stud uh, that your your lug nuts uh, uh, bolt to that holds the wheel on the race car. It felt so bad that I, I I just couldn't do it no more. I say, hey, if we end up destroying this race car, wrecking it, or the tire falls off, or we break a hub, or whatever it may be, then I only have myself to blame, you know. So I felt like with how violently it was shaken that I needed to come to pit road. And when we came down pit road. Uh, we lost two laps in that process, put on four tires, and uh, Jason was called Jason Miller, my crew chief, calling the shops. They made a track bar adjustment. They made a tire pressure adjustment. And uh, the cool thing about it was when the stage ended, which was about six or seven laps later, I didn't run hard because we knew what was going on. I didn't want to, I wanted to save my tires a little bit. Right. But we was able, whenever, when the caution on the stage ended, we was able to get a wave around. Sure. So we was only down a lap. Unfortunately, uh, when they made that track bar adjustment, my crew chief noticed that one of our one of the pit crew members was going the wrong way on the track bar. So I was already not rolling the center as good as I thought we needed to. We were tight in the center, but they tightened it up even more. Yeah. And uh, instead of getting our lap back, the cars that were down a lap, I felt like that we could get past by them and when the caution come back out that we would be the lucky dog yeah. unfortunately uh the car wasn't turning wasn't rotating in the center of the corner as well and when we struggled so um man it, it, we our, our ticket smarter ford mustang was fast but man when that tire came loose and we had to pit under caution it, it felt like all the tires fell off of it from that point and we never really could recover but the positive thing about it was, man, we had a good qualifying run. Yeah. Our car raced good. We were we were marching towards the front. Everything was going great. And then we had a couple of mistakes on pit road that cost us a good finish. But, man, I'm just – I was excited. Uh, and I'm looking forward to going to Atlanta this weekend, But It's going to be a great race. Yeah, we'll talk about Atlanta coming up in just a bit. Before we do, let's look back on the – uh, cup race as Chase Briscoe went to victory lane for the first time in his career. It was his 40th career start, and he led the most laps and really dominated in that final stage and was able to hold off some really good cars. And that, uh, that top three, an unconventional top three, Ross Chastain second, Tyler Reddick third. Uh, what a day for what we've seen in the, the next era we've talked so much about the next gen the young drivers stepped up big time ross tyler reddick chase briscoe these guys i mean this was a lot of fun to see that uh that next crop really step up with uh briscoe leading the way and getting it done man briscoe with that Stuart haas uh organization i mean he just done a tremendous job he he earned that win when the caution came out with five or six seven laps to go i don't remember what it was tyler but, uh, you know, uh, all the front leaders uh, dove down to pit road. I, I felt like there was, if I remember right, help me out. There was two cautions. Uh, they, there that, were, and he held them off both times. Yes. And he did the unconventional thing of he, you know, everyone was saying take the outside lane. He trusted his gut and went with the inside lane both times and paid off for him. I mean, that's a. That's a smart driver to make those those veteran decisions there in crunch time. No doubt about it. But man, he uh, he is very skilled. He's one of the best. Uh, Xfinity championships won his fair share of races. Got has a great opportunity with Stuart Haas. 
and and you you put him in some good equipment and man it was, I was so impressed with him Ross Chastain I mean that guy we're going to see I, I I'm willing to say that we're going to see lots of wins from Ross in 2022 and Tyler Reddick oh my God that guy I mean those three guys during the race first second and third and and none of them won a race yet and I think that we'll see all three of them victory lane in 2022. We've had four different winners in the first four races, and two of them are first-time winners in Cendric and Chase Briscoe. What an interesting start to uh, this season! It really is just the parity and how how you know how close the cars are. You know what I mean? And uh, you know we're seeing a lot of untraditional. I don't know if you call it untraditional drivers. A lot of drivers that unconventional we, unconventional drivers uh, that are so talented. Uh, and, 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 uh, and can get the job done and win races. But, you know, it's not the drivers that I would, would think that we're going to be in the top five. And uh, it's just been incredible the way that, well, the way, you know, that we're only short, a short period into our 22 season. And then we already got four different race car drivers that are pulled into victory lane on the cup side. And I, I feel like, I feel like we're going to see a lot more, uh, new blood guys that haven't won a cup race. I feel like, you know, Ross Chastain, Tyler Reddick, we're going to see a bunch of those types of guys uh, get their first win in 2022. I think we will. And uh, Chase Briscoe getting it done uh, there for that, that win for Stuart Haas. Last year was a down year for Stuart Haas as an organization. We didn't see Kevin Harvick get into victory lane uh, at all last year and really just a – you know, a, a rebuilding year of sorts. Now this year, Chase Briscoe gets them their first win. The Fords have looked fast all year long. Now they've had their day. And Kevin Harvick ran pretty well too. Um, what What do you make of uh, Stuart Haas and and the Fords? You think that with that win, uh, should we be expecting a nice bounce back here from the Stuart Haas bunch? Well, I think so. When you when you talk about Gene Haas, Tony Stewart, you know, I think of the best of the best champions. You know, race winners. And uh, even though, like you said, Stuart Haas had an off year last year, man, that, that, don't, that don't set well with a, with a powerhouse like that organization. I feel like that they're, they're working, they're working, doing their homework uh, with the, their crew chiefs they have, with the engineers they have, and having Ford behind them. You know, you know it's just a matter of time before Stuart Haas is back on top. And you mentioned Kevin Harvick. You know, I felt like Kevin Harvick running the top five most of the race as second, third place. And I really thought uh, that last caution that he was going to have a shot at the top three finish and maybe a win, but he faded a little bit. I think he finished fifth or sixth. But uh, but Stuart Haas has is, is, is been impressive so far this year. And and uh, I wouldn't be, su- be surprised if we don't see four or five wins from Stuart Haas this year. Kevin Harvick also tied a record on Sunday of the most consecutive top 10 finishes at one track doing it at Phoenix 18 straight top tens at Phoenix tying the likes of Richard Petty and Dale senior. Um, that's a pretty good company, man. That, that is, that is amazing. I mean, 18 top 10, 18 season or 18 top tens in a row at Phoenix. You know, I, I, you know, we know that Kevin Harvick, you know, over the years, I've seen Kevin Harvick dominate, you know, when you go to Phoenix, uh, you know, you knew who was going to win the race, Kevin Harvick, you know, I don't know how many wins Kevin Harvick has there at Phoenix International Raceway, 
but <laughs> lots, but man, I'm not surprised by that record. And man, isn't it amazing to be in the same record column or be mentioned in the same record, you know, in the same names, Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt, you know, that's, that's amazing, but well-deserved because he is, uh, Kevin is uh, a great friend of mine, a great race car driver. And I'm not surprised by that stat, uh, uh, uh for Phoenix and there's other racetracks that he dominates too. So, uh, it's good to see Kevin Harvick back up near the front where he, where he's, where he's, where we're used to seeing him. And I feel like that Stuart Haas has really turned the corner and they're going to be somebody to be reckoned with in this championship in 2022. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, Kevin is on a, a bit of a streak where he hasn't won yet, but, and, you know, he didn't win all last year after winning nine, nine races yeah. the season prior. Kevin Harvick didn't just forget how to drive or something here. You know, Stuart Haas was, going through a transition year and we've seen how much better they've run. I think we're talking about Kevin Harvick getting back into victory lane at least a couple of times this year. Well, I mean, that's just the Kevin Harvick way. You know what I mean? When you got a team like Stuart Haas and Ford engineering, Ford power, just the backing of Ford behind you. I mean, that that's a recipe for uh, championships, you know, and like you were saying earlier, Tyler, that last year that was a down year for Stuart Haas. And it was so surprising to see Kevin Harvick win nine races in 2020 and, and to come back in 2021 and not see victory lane. Uh, you know, you know, that it set well with that organization, you know, those guys got busy and, uh, and, and then bringing on, uh, you know, Chase Briscoe and, and, uh, uh, Cole Custer. Cole Custer. And just, you know, there, there's a lot of smart people working at that organization. And when you got drivers like those guys that drive for Stuart Haas Racing, I really feel like Kevin Harvard's going to be back in victory lane soon. And not just one time this year. I feel like he'll have multiple wins. But uh, they're actually giving him, you know, and it's kind of interesting. How can you go from winning nine races to winning none, you know, right. something changed, you know, something changed in the body and the aero package. And, and now we got a next gen race car, you know what I mean? So right. once they get it figured out, I think, uh, you know, and it looks like that Stuart Haas has, has it figured out by the, the race, by the win on Sunday. And Kevin was right there. I just feel like we're going to see more Stuart Haas cars in victory lane uh, in 2022. So it's never too early to talk about the point stand. Um, you know, we're four races in at this point. And when I looked this up the other day, I was surprised who was leading the points. Do you have any guesses through four races who, who's leading the cup points right now? Man, I have no clue. I haven't really, uh, I haven't looked, uh, you it know, it would surprise you. This guy's run well, but right. I didn't think he would be the point leader. Right. Right. Joey Logano. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, and, uh, I, I wouldn't have thought that if you asked me who who I thought was leading the points championship, but man, Joey's kind of a, a sleeper. You know what I mean? I, I think uh, you know he won what California he won California. Uh, what, which race did he win? Joey won a race yet? Joey hasn't won. Yet. He hasn't won a race yet, but he's been in the top ten a lot. You know right. what I mean? And uh, he has been quietly consistent. Quietly consistent. I guess those are the words I'm looking for. But you can never, ever, ever count out Roger Penske. And, and Joey Logano, they're always going to be a force to be reckoned with. And, uh, you know, and we're talking about Stuart Haas trying to figure out this new next gen car. 
But, you know, and, and I think Roger Penske's organization, Penske organization, I think they somewhat got it figured out, but everybody's still trying to figure it all out. But I, if I was a betting man, I'd bet on Roger Penske any day of the year. Well, and here's why it surprised me that he's leading the points. Here's just some stats for Okay. Me. Two top tens. Okay. Um, he's only led 19 laps. Um, again, we're not dis- discrediting Joey Logano at all. It's just that it was surprising that with no stage wins and 19 laps led that the way that this has been so much parity, that gets you in the point lead. I mean, Kyle Busch, who's behind him, has three top tens, 77 laps led. Um, you know, Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson each have two top tens. Chase Briscoe's got two top tens and a win now. Actually, even two top fives for right. Chase Briscoe. Uh, Eric Almarola, three top tens. Um, so, yeah, just a, a long ways to go in this point race, but pretty fascinating. That's how the points shape out as of right now. It really is fascinating, but, uh, but man, don't – you know, you can never count out Joey Logano, man. It just got so much talent. And, and having Roger Penske organization behind you, uh, he's always going to be a force to be reckoned with week in and week out. And yeah. you, can, you know when it comes down, when it comes down to, the, to the chase – that uh, you'll see that number 22 Ford Mustang Pennzoil, you know, sponsorship. Uh, they're going to they're gonna be a car that's going to be part of the chase. I always, I, I don't know what the statistics are, but he's always a guy that's going to be in the chase yeah. in, in my mind. And he's on a tear. He's been in at least, what, five, six consecutive years and mm-hmm. has a title to his name as well. So, yeah, he'll be somebody to watch out for for sure. Absolutely. This weekend we had to Atlanta. New configuration at Atlanta. That track, it's been a long time since we've seen it repaved. <laughs> but here we are, David. And the way that you were describing this to me is that basically it's a whole new racetrack. Man, just I have not been there. I've watched a little bit of testing uh, from the, the cup cars. And uh, from what I see and what I hear, I'm talking to people. It's they say, man, there's so much more banking. It's so smooth, and it's like a Daytona and a Talladega. I mean, just short. You just run wide open. It's shorter, uh, but that's how they're describing it. And I was talking to my crew chief, Jason Miller, yesterday. I talked to him some at Phoenix about Atlanta, and he said we're taking a downforce car. I really thought that was interesting, and not not a car that we would take to Daytona or Talladega because uh, you know it's got a lot of downforce built in the car, but. Uh, but I'm hearing you'll run wide open for 15, 20 laps. And when you lose your fuel, fuel load and your and your your tires wear out some, you're gonna want that downforce. But but man, I'm so excited to get to Atlanta Motor Speedway and see the track uh, for the first time live and to be able to practice for about 15 minutes and figure out what we got to do to to make the race. And uh, you know, and I think Tyler, you mentioned there's a double yellow or double white line. Double yellow line, the same rule that applies at Daytona and Talladega that everybody complains about. If you go over the yellow line, you can't advance your position. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because you know it's like it must race like a super speedway because only where only places where we have double double yellow line. Do you is, like that rule, by the way? Well, 
I like it because it's fair for all, you know what I mean? Okay. And, and you, it's a rule that we all got to follow. So I, I'm good with that rule, you know, and uh, you can't advance your position. You can't go underneath the line and advance your position. I mean, we, I know fans hate it, but it's a safety issue. It's right? a safety issue. And, uh, you know, we get it. Well, you, you know, at times, at times in the race, sometimes you're, you're on the good side of it. And sometimes you're on the bad side of it, right. but all in all, it's fair for all. Uh, but, uh, but man, I am looking forward to getting to Atlanta Motor Speedway and practicing uh, Friday after late afternoon. And uh, it's going to be exciting to see Xfinity race there and a cup race there just to see how the race plays out because it's such a, it's such a different racetrack now. And the configuration has changed some. And it's just kind of, you know, it's, it's really a mystery, but it's an exciting mystery. And, and I'm glad to be going there and racing there. Yeah, uh, it should be a lot of fun. And, and uh, you know, in Atlanta, with this being a whole new configuration and such, on, on your end and Xfinity and Cup both, do the notes go out the window from previous years? Is this like going to a new track? Well, I, I think it is. You know what I mean? I, I believe, uh, you know, the loads are different now. you got more banking, so your wheel loads have changed, you know. And nobody's, you know, there's been some testing there, but not a lot of testing there. So, uh, you know, and I think NASCAR giving us 50 minutes, almost, you know, an hour-long practice which we haven't had since the season opened up in 2022 says a lot about, you know, they want to make sure that, you know, since it's new and there is no notebook that, uh, you know, gives, gives the, uh, the, every racing team, the drivers, the crew chief, the engineer, a chance to figure it out within an hour's time, you know? So uh, I think there's a, a lot of mystery there on the setup itself itself, but you look at, you know, you look at these crew chiefs, these engineers, you look at these racing organizations that, that we compete against every weekend and week out, they know their stuff, you know, and uh, I feel like that, uh, you know, that there'll be cars, a lot of racing teams that are prepared for it. And I feel like there'll be some that miss it, you know what I mean? And I don't know where we'll stand or sit in that, but it's good to have the practice time to be able to, the time on the racetrack during practice to be able to figure it out. Uh, when it comes to the uh, the cup race, the uh, the guys to watch for, do we talk about this as if it's a super speedway race? And, and are we looking at your Ryan Blaney's, Chase Elliott's, Austin Cedric's of the world, you know, Ricky Stenhouse? Or do we view it that way, or do you look at your typical favorites of a mile and a half like a Martin Truex or an Alex Bowman or something like that. Well, you or know, it's, you bring up a good point there, Tyler. Because those I are two different groups. Absolutely. And I just don't know. You know, it's there's an unknown factor there, how the racetrack's going to race. Uh, you know, I, I just don't know. It's a mystery. I, I'm looking for, me personally, I'm looking for there to go in there and getting that hour-long practice and working with Jason Miller and trying to figure out what we need could go fast. Uh, you know, I'm hearing it's a wide open. It's like a Talladega or Daytona, but you know, how long can you go wide open? Can you go wide open for 25, 30 laps? I don't know, you know, and you know, is it, is it going to race like Daytona? Is it going to race like Talladega? That being said, then, then I would tell you, Hey, those drivers that we're used to seeing on those super speedways come to the front and control that race. 
this might be a race where they're going to control. It's the same guys, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. You know, you know all the strong guys that right. run on these super speedways. Yeah, absolutely. So it's still a mystery to me. So I'll be paying a lot of attention to not only our Xfinity practice, also the cut practice, you know, and, and just trying to educate myself, get as much knowledge, talk to other drivers, uh, just to try to figure out what we need to go fast for the first race to make it into the race. And then to see, you know, to understand how, how this race is going to play out. It's, it's a mystery to a lot of us. You know, obviously it takes a lot of track to have what Daytona and Talladega do at two and a half miles, but it's always exciting. And they put on a show and I know that, you know, there's a lot of wreck race cars and such like that. You're not, not, that's not great, but with as exciting as it is and as popular that type of style racing is, are you surprised that we're just now with Atlanta here starting to see that wide open Daytona Talladega style on a smaller track like this, that, uh, that this is happening, that it took this long for, for this to happen? Well, it's, um, you know, I, I'm surprised by it, but, you know, with adding more banking to Atlanta Motor Speedway and narrowing up the racetrack, I don't know what the statistics are or the dimensions are, but they narrowed up the track, uh, you know, to, and, and from what I'm hearing from the guys that did test there, you can run wide open. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, so, you know, again, it's, it's there's a there's a unknown factor for right. a lot of the racing teams, and uh, and 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 an excitement level because of the unknown. And uh, so, you know, it's going to be interesting if it does race at Tal like Talladega and Daytona. Right. Be interesting to have three races that that race that way, you know right. what I mean? So, uh, you know, I only think of Daytona and Talladega that you, that, you know, when it's plate racing and everybody's on top of each other, it'd be interesting to see at a mile and a half that everybody's on top of or, of each other. And it's a, a chess game and you can run wide open and there's a lot of drafting because, because the racetrack is a mile shorter than Talladega and Daytona. So right. it's going to be interesting. And, uh, and I can't wait to see how it all plays out. Yeah, I can't wait either. Uh, a couple more things. Uh, we'll get to our Ask David segment coming up in just a bit. But before we get to that, let's go ahead and get to our news and notes segment this week. And uh, we'll start out with the uh, seven Spire Motorsports team of uh, Corey Joy, as uh, they were issued a pretty harsh penalty over the weekend. Uh, loss or separation of an improperly installed tire slash wheel from the vehicle. That means that crew chief Ryan Sparks and crew members Blaine Anderson and Alan Holman have been suspended for the next four Cup Series races. David, I don't think that was intentional by these guys. And now here they are, they're out four races. You talk about a costly mistake, uh, that, that hurts. I mean, you know, if you're Ryan Sparks, uh, you know, I, I really don't understand some kind of wheel infraction, you know, some type, something happened with the wheels. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm not real sure. Did one of them come off during the race? What happened, Tom? Yes, one of them came off. It came off. So, you know, NASCAR might have recovered that tire and wheel, and they might have inspected it and saw something that they didn't like, you know. So, you know, it's, it's a harsh penalty. And, uh, I guess whatever NASCAR saw with that wheel and, and, and it's kind of interesting because going back to Daytona, 
I know that there was a couple of teams that got all their wills confiscated, and yeah. there was a there was a penalty, a financial penalty uh, involved. But in the no, Ford camp, yeah. in the Ford camp, but no suspensions. You know what I mean? So it's kind of interesting that since the season has started, that there's been some issues and some penalties and some fines with people doctoring or working on these wheels. And uh, so I think NASCAR is really trying to get a, a hold or a control of of a wheel when you buy a racing wheel for for the new next gen race car. You know, I don't think there's any modifications that can be done to it. And I guess the teams are trying to figure out, I don't I don't know what it is they're trying to figure out, but they're trying to figure out something about the wheel. And whatever it is, whatever small modifications they're making to it, it's it's definitely uh, hurting them with these penalties and these fines. Right. To lose your crew chief. Four races. Four, that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, I don't think – you know, if, if the crew chief, not a big team either. No. And if the crew chief would have known that was a possibility, whatever they were doing, or if they were even doing anything at all, obviously they had to been doing something to get, uh, this harsh, harsh penalty. Uh, you know, I think they probably re re, you know, would rethink their decisions. You know what I mean? But now that they've gotten caught of doctoring a wheel or all the wheels, Man, that's a costly, costly penalty. So tell me this, and you may not even know this, I don't know, but when that type of thing happens, is that more about competitive balance or safety, or is it both, or do we not know? Well, you know, I, I, I can't answer that question, and that's a, that's a legitimate question, you know. Uh, you know, uh, from a competition standpoint, just from the competition side, you know, it's usually – us as a racing team and competitors, engineering's uh, crew chiefs, team crew members, drivers, we're always looking for that edge. Mm-hmm. You know, you're always trying to figure out an edge. Maybe can you take the tire off quicker? Can you bolt it on quicker? Is it lighter? You know, I would say it was more of a competition thing than a safety issue. You know what I mean? For, for yeah. the racing team, right? maybe through NASCAR's eyes, it was an infraction on, you know, safety. And uh, so it'd be interesting to, to hear what the fines are, what they did to the wheel and, and kind of go from there. But, uh, but I would just, I, I can only imagine whatever they were doing to the wheel was the help enhance, maybe uh, having a tire, changing that tire and wheel quicker or, you know, or something like that, enhance the, their performance, and that's competition. Right. Yeah, absolutely. NASCAR might have saw it as a safety hazard, mm-hmm. but from the racing team standpoint, I would say it was to, you know, uh, it was to help competition speed something up. Yeah. Um, Tom Reddick, we mentioned at the top of the show how well he raced there at a Phoenix and the good start to the season. He's had three top ten finishes. Uh, Richard Childress was asked about his contract, says that he is signed through the end of next year. And you look at the way that he started his career. And, you know, prior to this year, the thing that we talked about with Tyler Reddick was that he was out driving his equipment, that he was getting the most out of it, that Richard Childress wasn't, that team wasn't quite providing him right. as good as what he could have gotten elsewhere and such. And when you look at his future and such, you know, he's going to have a lot of, a lot of suitors, a lot of interest. We know that Stuart Haas has got openings soon. 
Joe Gibbs potentially could have openings soon. Um, you know, there's some really good race cars that he could find himself in. I would think that Richard Childress, that team's got to do everything within their power to keep this young guy because there'll be a lot of teams that would love to have him right now. Well, you know, it's 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 interesting, it's interesting to hear you speak about that because if I personally was Richard Childress, I'd lock that kid down because, man, you he's the real deal. Yeah. I mean, he, what he did last year. What do you want? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's he's the real deal. I mean, and I think he outperformed his equipment last year, no doubt about it. Right. And the the Xfinity championships, the Xfinity wins, and man, he's been a force to be reckoned with. He almost made the chase last year, or did make the chase? He, did. he made the chase, uh, and his teammate uh, did not make the chase. Right. And man, he was impressive last year, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, now we start, uh, we kick off our season and we're four races into our new season. And man, he's, he hasn't, uh, you know, it's, uh, he's, he's going about his, what he does. And that's race that car as hard as he can. He's always near the front. And, you know, he had a shot at winning the race Sunday. So Tyler Reddick, I would say, if Childers don't nail him down, there's a chance he could lose him really quick. Yeah. Uh, last one for you on the uh, news and notes front. Uh, this weekend, uh, your home track, Texas Motor Speedway, is going to have IndyCar racing. Uh, Jimmy Johnson returning to oval tracks once again. He's made it known. He's pretty excited about that in a place that he's had a lot of success at Texas Motor Speedway. That's one part of it. Um, but the other part of it, too, Roger Penske, who now owns IndyCar, in case people aren't aware, um, has said that their contract with Texas Motor Speedway is up after this weekend's race <clears throat> and that they're exploring all options. They could sign a new contract. They could potentially go to the Milwaukee Mile, where you've been before. Right. Um, how important is it for Texas Motor Speedway to, to, have, uh, to have that IndyCar date in addition to NASCAR and some of the other events that they have all year? Well, I, I, you know, I think it's great. The Texas Motor Speedway has hosted IndyCar races ever since the place opened up, you know. And, man, I've, since, I've seen, <laughs> and, I, and all my other friends and people that are from Texas, we've seen some hell of some, like, Daytona, Talladega-type type racing with IndyCars at, at Texas Motor Speedway. It's been incredible the kind of racing they've had there over the years with the IndyCar cars. Uh, you know, I, I'm sad to hear that, you know, that, that this is the final year on their contract, uh, you know, be, and I'm and what reason why I'm saying I'm sad because it'd be kind of, you know, be kind of di- a lot different if there was not an IndyCar race at the Texas Motor Speedway, because there's been one since the place opened up and, uh, but I'm looking at the racing, you know, now that we, uh, NASCAR, you know, we're running, uh, well, the sticky stuff on the racetrack, the PHG and PH1, PH1, and then there's another form of it, um, um, and I forget what they call it, but you know they they uh, they came to Texas years ago and started spraying that stuff uh, uh, in the second lane all the way up to the wall. And uh, last year when I was at the IndyCar race and saw a great race, it was more of a follow the leader. There was some passing being done but not the type of passing, Tyler, that I've seen in the past with these Indy cars. And then I started asking some questions like, what's going on here? And, and, and I had heard that the Indy car, the Firestone tires that they run on is not very compatible 
with that uh, the, with the uh, stick PJ one, with yeah. the PJ one stuff. And even though the PJ one has been sprayed on there over the years, it's still there. And it's kind of interesting that the Indy cars, it's more of a follow the leader, get a lot of give and take. And it's not the side-by-side three-wide that we're used to seeing in the past IndyCar races at Texas Motor Speedway. So, you know, hopefully from my standpoint, I just, you know, I know there's a a huge amount of IndyCar fans in the state of Texas, and uh, I hope that they can come, you know, that, that, that Roger Penske and IndyCar racing re-ups with the Texas Motor Speedway because it's always been part of the Texas Motor Speedway's uh, of season uh, of one of the races, major races that are there. And it'd be sad to see in 2023, you know, if that contract's not re-up and there's not an IndyCar race, I'd hate to, for the Texas Motor Speedway to lose that IndyCar race because it's been quite entertaining over the years. How about Jimmy Johnson, his oval debut at a place that he's had a lot of success in NASCAR rats, uh, I'd be surprised if Jimmy doesn't run well on Saturday night. Man, I love to see Jimmy Johnson run well, man. He owned the Texas Motor Speedway. I mean, Jimmy's done everything uh, that you that you could possibly do in NASCAR with the, with the seven championships and all the wins and everything. And it's cool to see him jump over to the IndyCar side, you know. And, and, and I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler, but this is the first year that Jimmy's going to run ovals in the yeah, IndyCar. Yeah, this is going to be his very first oval race. I mean, I'm excited for him, but, you know, I would caution everybody that it's not a stock car. I mean, he could jump in any stock car. Obviously, you know, that number 48, Hendrix, Chevrolet, I mean, that was unstoppable for right. forever, you know. And I don't think what he did will ever be matched in our sport but to jump into IndyCar, which is a totally, completely nine-day different type of race car, you know, I wish him well. I hope to see him win, and I hope to see him run good and have a great race. But reading some of the comments and seeing how he's gone about his, his early IndyCar career, he's been really calculated on how he's doing it, a lot of testing, getting ready to go run a race. But, man, I, I hope Jimmy Johnson shines Sunday at, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon during the IndyCar race here at Texas Motor Speedway. I think it'd be great. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I said one more. I actually – I lied. I got one more news and note for you uh, on the motorsport front. Uh, news coming out this week uh, that F1 is close to a deal with Las Vegas for a Grand Prix beginning wow. next year. So this year – Miami was added in addition to Coda. And then next year, you're going to have Vegas, Coda, and Miami. And no other country has even more than one F1 race. So, how about that? I mean, just that's, that's big for motorsports in general here in the U.S. to, to get three F1 dates. That's unheard of. That's, that's a win win for everybody. No, no doubt about it. And to have F1 so interested in the United States and, and to have Coda host. Formula One races for the last three or four years, however yeah. long it's been. And then to have F1 come back or, you know, and, and do an F1 race in Miami. And now here and they want to come to Las Vegas. It really says a lot about our country. Right. It says how strong of a market this is for Formula One racing. Right. And it just says how, how powerful all of motorsports is in America. Well, and, and we were just in Vegas. It's a great motorsports community. They'll support it. Oh, absolutely. So I, I just think it's awesome. And I think anybody involved in any type of racing to have F1 to 
possibly have three races in America in 2023, I mean, we, we all benefit from it because there's more eyes watching racing in America. There's more television exposure in America for auto racing, even if it is Formula One. Right. You know, I just think it's wonderful for, for the, the whole, you know, the whole country of the United States of America to have more auto racing, but it just says a lot about our company and what, and what, what America thinks about auto racing. Well, love it. and NASCAR's made it no secret. They want to run street courses in the future. Maybe it's a combined weekend with IndyCar or F1 that gets them that. And those cities save, get a two for one deal where they don't have to build a track out twice <laughs> or something, you know, I mean, Maybe that's how you make a street race in NASCAR happen or something. We'll see. But. Well, Tyler, just, just hearing you talk about it, I mean, you know, anything's possible after seeing the L.A. Coliseum to having a NASCAR right. race there in the L.A. Coliseum. Yeah, but we've already seen successful NASCAR and IndyCar doubleheader weekends. Absolutely. So, who knows? Absolutely. You know, I, I would just share with you that, you know, having a NASCAR race through a city, a road course, is not something that, you know, would be my first choice. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just don't, you know, our stock cars, our NASCAR race cars. I mean, they, for me, they belong on road courses, you know, uh, you know, Watkins Glen, Coda, uh, you know, Sonoma. Sonoma, Texas Motor Speedway, Atlanta Motor Speedway, Bristol Motor Speedway. I'm not so sure if they belong on a city course sure. in, in a major city. Uh, now, would it be cool for NASCAR to try it? I think it would be, and it'd be kind of cool to be a part of it. But, you know, for me, I think we ought to keep them on all these super awesome racetracks we have across America and keep them on the road courses that are that are built for it. You know what I mean? So be interesting to see what lies in the future. Yeah, certainly. So time for our Ask David segment. We ask you to submit questions to us on Facebook, Twitter, and by email, Facebook, David Star Podcast, Twitter, at Star Podcast and by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we got a couple in the inbox this week. And uh, this first one, it comes from Gary. Gary wants to know, David, it's March Madness time. Have you filled out your bracket? <laughs> Man, you know, I, I keep up with March Madness because of you, Tyler. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, uh, you know, the other night ago, I was in phoenix and you were here in dallas texas and, and you called a game a championship game uh, conference usa yeah. conference usa and uh uab clinched the spot uh had the national radio call for that that was a lot of fun great time you know and and you know you're, you're keeping me posted on on the teams that that have a legitimate chance on winning uh you know march madness and uh uh you know it'd be kind of interesting to see who ends up in the final four uh, but you know, I'm so busy with our NASCAR stuff and racing school business and that kind of stuff. I hadn't really paid much attention to it. Uh, you're kind of my ears and, and my, and, and, you know, let me know what's going on with it. But, uh, but man, I know people are super excited all over the country and I hear a lot, Hey, March madness. And I hear a lot of talk and, and it's everywhere, you know, so, uh, I'm engaged because of you, buddy. So yeah. to answer your question, Gary, I don't really know if I, if I could pick a bracket, because I'm kind of clueless on it, I'd have to reach over <laughs> to Tyler and say, Tyler, help me out with it. I just haven't followed it long enough or been interested interested in it enough to follow it. So, sure. Yeah. Well, well, here's uh, here's what you need to know. Uh, this weekend, there's a couple of games actually down the road from us in Fort Worth, uh, right. the Dickies Arena. I'll be out there. My school where I went, Kansas, is playing. Baylor is going to be out there. 
Baylor and Kansas are both one seeds. And that's the first time the Big 12 Conference has had one seeds, multiple one seeds since 2003. Wow. Um, and Texas Tech's really good this year. Texas isn't great. Right. Um, but those kind of your local connections of some sort. Well, should I'm, be a lot of fun. Well, you know how I am. I'm all about our local, our local our Texas teams that are involved, Baylor, Texas Tech. You Our know. friend Mark Tate's a big Texas Tech guy. Absolutely, you know. So uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see a Texas team in the Final Four. I'm not real sure if that's going to happen just from the rumors and hearing people talk. There's not your favorites, but uh be kind of cool to see one of our Texas teams in there. But, uh, but Gary, to answer your question, man, I, I, I couldn't answer your question. <laughs> okay. Uh, next question from the inbox. Uh, this one comes from Chester. Uh, Chester wants to know, David, as a Texan, what does Davy Crockett mean to you? <laughs> Man, that's a, you know, lots of history. You know what I mean? That's a, <laughs> you know, uh, it's funny being, you know, uh, you know, growing up here in Texas and, and being named David, you know, people <laughs> used to call me David Crockett when I was a kid, you know? So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I really, you know, you know, and I should know a little bit more about my Texas history, but I don't, you know what I mean? You couldn't teach us about the Alamo? I, I couldn't teach us that much about the Alamo. I spent a lot of time uh, in San Antonio and it's always a, a great place to go visit. And I, and I had to say that I've been there, you know, 12, 13, 14 times. I love the, the history of our state, but, uh, but, you know, Davy Crockett, it's, a, you know, it, he, he obviously, <laughs> You know, obviously, big general, whatever. You know what I mean? But yeah. uh, but that's about it. I don't know that much about him, to be honest with you. Okay, okay. So, Educate me, Tyler. <laughs> uh, you know the the history on the Alamo. Uh, you know they they, they didn't win absolutely, you know? but uh, they did eventually get you know independence. Right. You know, and joined America, and so it's the rest is history. But. The Alamo still stands. I, I love the Alamo. I mean, uh, you know, that's uh, if you go to San Antonio, forget the Riverwalk. That, that's a dirty creek. Uh, <laughs> you got to go to the Alamo. Absolutely, man. <laughs> it's uh, it's amazing how they prefer, you know, preserved the Alamo. And uh, man, I, I love it. You know, it's like not it's, as big as what you. No, no, man. And and to see what it was like way, way, way back then, and to see it today, you know, you know, to see it out in the wilderness, just a fort. Yeah. And now to see all this city and all the stuff surrounding it, yeah. you know, it's kind of interesting from, from a geographical standpoint, what it looked like back then. And, and uh, but man, very interesting. I, I, you know, like I said, I love Texas history. I wish I knew a little bit more about Davy Crockett, but, uh, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. That's our uh, Ask David segment this week. As always, uh, make sure to uh, send in those questions and uh, we'll answer the best ones on the show each and every week. Before we uh, get out of here, David, tell me about the uh, next couple of days ahead for you as uh, you head out to Atlanta. Yeah, just uh, you know, I've been uh, I've been on the phone a lot with my crew chief talking about the Atlanta race, uh, going over you know the car we're running, some setup stuff, and and uh, talking about how the practice, how we think it's going to flow, and what changes that we have in store. Uh, you know, spending some time at uh, at our racing school race shop, the Team Texas High Performance Racing School race shop. TeamTexas.com for more information. Absolutely. TeamTexas.com. Come feel the speed. Drive a real NASCAR race car. <laughs> TeamTexas.com. 
but uh you know spent doing that uh flying out of here thursday evening headed to atlanta but uh, I've got some, you know, trying to catch up from being gone from Phoenix last week. And, uh, but man, looking forward to getting back in my ticket smarter Ford Mustang for the race next week. And uh, hopefully everything goes as good as it went in Phoenix. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm excited about Atlanta. And I know a lot of the race fans are because there's a lot of unknowns with the racetrack that's reconfigured and it has a lot more banking. And you hear races and drives like Talladega and Daytona. How is that possible? So I'm excited for the weekend. And, uh, man, I hope everybody tunes in to see how it all plays out. Yeah, uh, certainly. And uh, speaking of the racing school, uh, I'll mention this real quick, too. Uh, you had the racing school, uh, one recently that involved uh, some uh, wounded warriors. That was uh, really cool. Uh, kind of one that uh, grabs you by the heart, huh? No doubt about it. You know, my uncle Mike, who started Team Texas and who turned it into one of the best NASCAR racing schools out there in the country uh, for, I think, 23 years, Halo for Freedom uh, would bring in wounded warriors, uh, uh, you know, a war hero that that's less messing a limb uh, or, you know, some major uh, paralyzed or had something, some type of major injury to themselves and to see their spirit. Uh, their pride in the country and, and watch them, you know, parachute into the racetrack, yeah. Texas Motor Speedway, and to have somebody with their prosthetic legs go take them to them and them to walk over to pit road, get in a race car and drive the race car 10 laps at 150 something miles an hour. Man, if, 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 if that don't, you know, make your heart beat or, you know, if that don't tug on your, on your, heartstrings man you don't have a heart you know what i mean it's amazing uh i got to spend a day with these heroes uh, a week ago and to hear some of their stories and to see their uh, conditions they're in uh some are paralyzed uh some are missing an arm some are missing a leg some are missing both legs yeah and to see their spirit in their heart and their enthusiasm for our country and just their their just wittiness and and just their love of our country, it inspires me. But, you know, it's just, uh, man, you got, it's, it was an amazing event and uh, something that I'll never forget. And it's amazing that my Uncle Mike has done this for 23 years and uh, put a lot of smiles on a lot of war heroes' faces. And uh, they love coming to drive the race cars. And it was an honor to be part of it last week. Yeah, that's, uh, that's incredible and glad uh, you had a great time. And, Glad that uh, we can recognize uh, those veterans there. For more, if you want to feel the need for speed, check out teamtexas.com for uh, those dates. The public dates are listed on the website, and uh, corporation uh, dates are also available as well. we got to go. Uh, we'll see you out in Atlanta, and Dominic should be out there. You guys will have a good time. We'll hold things down, uh, down here in uh, North Texas, and we'll be back here next week as uh, we'll be getting ready for CODA next week uh, there in uh, Austin. So we'll, we will see you all then. We'll put the checkered flag out in this episode. As always, subscribe to Let's Go Racing with David Starr. New episodes out every Wednesday. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Hit that like button and uh, leave us a five-star review. We don't do this one at all. And we'll see you right back here next week. David Starr and Tyler Jones, thanks so long. Thanks for joining us.